0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from 1 John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: The reading from First John today begins with the word, Beloved. In Greek, this is agape toy. You may have heard of the Greek word agape, so you can hear the word for love in there, agape toy, beloved. It's used by the author four times in this letter to address his readers. It's emphasizing up front that those who are reading this letter are already loved by God, regardless of what's going on or where they are or what's going to happen. They are loved by God. We know that we are all loved by God. We hear this in the Gospel of John chapter 3 verse 16 for God so loved the world that God gave God's only son. God loves all of us. The author of 1 John reminds us, reminds us of this truth repeatedly. God loves us. Like the song that we had during the offering, the offertory piece, Jesus loves me over and over. It's on repeat to remind us of this importance of this, that before we offered any love or response to God, God acted in love for our sake. God promised blessings through Abraham. God saved God's people from famine through Joseph. God freed God's people from slavery through Moses. God led and guided God's people through judges and kings and prophets. God gives us new life through Jesus, God incarnate. God met us where we were. God comes to us in human form, to bring us new life. God comes to us, actively loves us, and makes it possible for us to love God and each other in return. God's love is both the model and the source of power for our ability to love. The author of 1 John also addresses his readers as children or little children four times in this letter. That should remind us also of Genesis chapter 1 and 2, where we are told in different ways that God created us. And not only did God make us, God made us in God's image. God made us for relationship with God and for relationship with each other. We are products of God's love And we are made in order for us to be able to grow together in love, to support each other and encourage and care for each other as brothers and sisters in the family of God. In college, I planned to be a family and marriage counselor. Growing up, as I visited my friends' homes and got to know their families and saw the dynamics of what was going on there, I realized, wow, some people need some help with their relationships. It's not that my family was perfect or we always got along and we didn't argue. Ask Mike. He knows it's not perfect. Um, Ours now is not perfect. Perfect. But even as a young child, I could see that almost everybody could use some help in building healthier relationships and communicating with each other and learning to share respect with each other. No matter how old we are or what our experience is, uh, something that should be clear to all of us is that healthy relationships are based in love. Often we talk about love as this feeling that we get, some kind of internal understanding, maybe in our mind, maybe in our heart. We just know this is love. But love is not just this internal experience of a loosely defined thing. It is also, as one Bible commentator wrote, an action lived concretely. Respect is a significant part of actively loving people. Y'all were wondering when I was getting to the theme word, weren't you? Like, why is she talking about love? Today is about respect. Respect is a big part of actively loving people. To respect someone is to honor and to value their life and their personhood. Active respect involves things like acknowledging people's worth, looking people in the eye, speaking and acting in ways that are life-giving and not mean or hurtful, Um, being honest with each other, speaking the truth in love as we read in Ephesians chapter 4, and taking the needs of other people as seriously as we take our own. Um, like that golden rule that Mike talked about, in Matthew chapter seven, and everything Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you. I first heard that message, well, at least in my memory. I'm sure I heard it from church first, but I think of the Berenstain Bears book whenever I think of <laughs> "Do unto others as you would have them do unto you." I remember that being part of the Goldstein Bear series somewhere. Um. So, do unto others as you would have them to do, do unto you. Respect is an important part of loving each other, because if we lack respect, a relationship quickly deteriorates. Not long ago, I was in a situation where I was a volunteer with other people, and I had a question about what was going on, and so I went to this man who seemed to know more of what was going on, and I said, I think I'm supposed to be doing this, but I'm not sure... He did not turn to me. I was over here. He did not turn to me. He looked straight ahead, shrugged his shoulders, and grunted. "Mm." That was all I got. I felt incredibly disrespected. He did not look at me to acknowledge that I was there. He did not answer my question, and he didn't even turn in my general direction. He didn't care. When we feel disrespected, when people do not respect us, it puts up a wall pretty quickly because as soon as that happened, I thought, well, I'm not talking to this dude anymore. We're done. He clearly has does not want anything to do with me. And it also makes you wonder, like, am I being an idiot? Like, do I have nothing good to offer? And I'm, am I saying ridiculous things? Is there something wrong with me? It, questions your, it makes you question your self-worth a little bit or, or what you have been putting out there. Do I not have something that's interesting or worthy that I've put out here? So it puts up a wall, and it also makes us question ourselves when we are disrespected. And then on the other side of that, when we do not respect people, We more easily come to see them as less than, less important, less important than me, maybe less than human if we get very far gone, because it makes us much more likely to be able to move into um, hatred and violence against other people when we don't see them, when we don't respect them as a person the same as ourselves. I want you to think for just a minute about what makes you feel respected what are the things that people can say or do that communicate to you this person respects me you might want to make a note of it on your sermon notes in your program or on your phone or something i mean, your sermon notes may be filled up i've already shared greek words i'm sure you wrote all of that down um all this wisdom But what is it? I don't need to explain that to you. What are those things that make you feel respected? Maybe it's being listened to or taken seriously. Um, Maybe um, being cared for in practical ways that meet your needs or being spoken kindly to. We all have that list. Now, think about this question. Knowing what makes you feel respected, are you respecting the people in your life, your family members, your classmates, your coworkers, your literal next-door neighbors, people in the church, people you're communicating with on social media and posting things on their page, the people driving on the road at the same time as you. I'm not good at that one. This reflection exercise may pull up a little bit of feelings of guilt when we think about these things, but that's okay as long as we're learning from it, because we are not done growing. John Wesley, who ended up starting the whole Methodist movement, John Wesley talked about God's grace always working in us, prevenient, justifying, sanctifying grace, and that sanctifying grace that God continues through the power of the Holy Spirit to change us and grow us in holiness and move us toward perfection in love. And so that's what our lives are, is moving toward perfection in love. So we're still going to mess things up. And remember the author of 1 John called his readers children and little children, Even for us who are adults, we still have learning and growing and moving toward perfection to do. We aren't all there yet. We all have room to grow and to improve in the ways in which we relate to one another. Verse 9 says that God's love is revealed to us in God sending Jesus. So God's love is revealed in this action of self-giving love. In sending God's only son, God reveals love to us. God and God's love is also revealed to us further in the life and the teachings of Jesus. We repeatedly read in the Gospels about the examples and teachings of Jesus that call us to care, to respect, care for, and respect, and to love people. And not just the nice ones, not just the ones who are pretty and the ones that we enjoy being around and make us feel good when they're near us. Also the ones who have cheated us out of money, like the tax collectors. Also the people who have bad reputations, like prostitutes. People we have demonized and despised our whole lives. The people we have demonized and despised our whole lives like the Samaritans. People who betray our trust like Judas. And people who are not there exactly when we need them to be there for us. Like Peter failed to be there for Jesus. It's much easier to love and respond and respect to people who are good to us and who respect us. But we are commanded to share that same grace, even with people who are angry with us and who are unresponsive and unloving. Make a quick note right now about that point, a little bit of clarification, is that we are not called to remain in abusive relationships. This sort of language and teachings has been used against people to keep them in relationships that are not good for them, that are harmful to them. And when people intentionally hurt us repeatedly, we do not need to stay in that. We need to remove ourselves from that relationship. We are still called to hope and pray for people who have hurt us and wronged us, even if it has been repeated we want their transformation, and we're to pray for their transformation and for their hearts to change. But we're going to do that from a safe distance. We are called to love everybody. Let's think for about a relationship that you have now that maybe needs to be renewed or healed. Maybe somebody who's angry with you, or you're angry with them, or for some reason you're just not getting along as well as you have been. Could be a spouse or a coworker, a brother, or a sister, someone here at the church, who knows? Think back to that list of things that makes you feel respected, that lets you know someone respects you. How can you apply those to this relationship? Maybe you need to be a better listener, offer kinder words, do something to help them, something that um, takes a little burden off of their shoulders, makes things easier for them, maybe those will help. Something I try to practice in all relationships, um, uh, Mike will maybe give me some feedback about that later, but in all relationships is to ask questions for understanding. So if somebody's angry or I'm not sure what's going on between us, I say, hey, what's going on with you? I've just noticed you've not been yourself lately. Have I done something to upset you? Is there something on your mind? What's going on? To reach out in concern for that person when our relationship is not going as well because that shows that I care about them, that I respect what's happening with them, and I want to know if I've done anything that has upset them. And when somebody tells us what's going on, say, well, what's making you think that way or feel that way? What's happened? And then, if we can, offer. Just be a good listener, first of all. And then offer, if we can, to help in some way. Demonstrating respect and care can transform relationships. It impacts us on a very basic level. So basic that you can see it And dogs. I don't mean to compare us to dogs, but dogs are pretty great. Maybe you're not upset about being compared to a dog. Maybe you love that. Um, I don't wanna compare us to dogs, but when I watch these dog whisperer type people um, on videos and like mostly on TikTok now and uh, on TV shows in the past, It's amazing what happens when they communicate with these dogs. These are dogs that have been biting people, won't listen, won't obey, fighting terrible. They've probably been abused in the past. It's not good. And so these dog whisperers come and they communicate with this dog, you are safe. I'm not going to beat you. I'm going to respect you, but you're going to respect me. They offer gestures of kindness, firm signs of respect, and let those dogs know everything's okay. And then it happens, it seems so quickly that when those dogs receive those messages of respect and kindness and it's okay, then they respond with the same. They respond with respect and they become more gentle. So, even for dogs, respect and love can transform relationships. So, for us, it can do even more. When we use respect, and love and kindness and we transform our relationships, we are renewing or bringing new life, to those relationships. And in that way, we are partners with God in God's work in the world to bring new life and reconciliation. That is why God sent God's Son is to give us new life and to bring reconciliation to broken relationships between us and God and between us and each other because how are we told in 1 John and in other places we are to love God is to love each other. We are all created by God. We are all loved by God. And so we are called to love one another. From the beginning of this letter um, of 1 John, we're reminded that we are loved and connected with God. The author does that intentionally. The readers know you are loved and you are connected with God. That is a really great place for all of our interactions to start, and a good model for all of our relationships. When we start with communicating respect for each other, love and a common connection, we can build much healthier, stronger, and holier relationships with each other. And it's also important to remember that we can't always wait for people to respect us and show us love first. That may be our wish. You know, I'll be nice when he's nice. Well, if she'll speak to me, then I'll speak to her. We can't always wait for people to start it. We have to reach out. We are called as disciples of Jesus Christ, as children of God, to reach out in love first. We are called to reach out in grace as God has done for us. As it says in verse 11, Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. Thanks be to God. Let's pray for just a minute. Almighty God, we give you thanks that you extend to us your care and love. Before we have an opportunity to respond to you, and even when we do not respond well, God, you extend your grace to us. Help us to be filled with your grace and love so that we may honor the lives of other people and treat them with respect and kindness so that we may be part of your work of reconciliation in this world. It's in Christ's name we pray and worship. Amen.